Welcome to the Interviews Podcast. Welcome, Interisti, to episode number 30 of the Interviews Podcast. We are back. We are back after a tumultuous season. Uh, we are here to talk about what's been a tumultuous mercato for Inter this uh, this first month um, that the transfer window has been open. It's been very interesting. A lot has been going on. Uh, and as always, I'm one half of your co-hosting duo, Alessandro Rafa, joined here by Johnny Paterno uh, to discuss what's been going on. I think, um, you know, for us, timing of, of when to do this episode, I think it makes sense that we're jumping in at this point in time because we finally have, you know, some outgoings and in, incomings to uh, to actually talk about. And the Mercato has developed to the point where, you know, we'll go through it today, but we have a pretty good sense of where Inter would like to go in terms of setting up their squad for next season. It's just a matter of time for a few things to to fall into place. Um, before we jump into it, I very quickly want to um, just dedicate this episode to someone that I lost recently. Um, my nonna, she was a big Inter fan. And, um, you know, I, I think she's proud that uh, I'm doing this podcast with, um, you know, a pro like Johnny. So, Special dedication to Nana for this episode. All right, let's get into it. Johnny, like I mentioned, it has been a tumultuous start to this Mercato. There's been a lot of discussion on Twitter. I think a lot of people are are unhappy. Some people are a little bit more patient and, and wanting to see things unfold. At this point in time, um, how are you feeling about how things have played out for us in this transfer window? Yeah, not feeling great about it. Um, you know, a lot of things haven't turned out the way I and I'm sure a lot of other Interisti would have hoped so far. You know, I, I, I'm not delusional to the fact that we are not in a great financial situation. However, I thought with the way we were able to have this run, the financial gain that we got that we wouldn't have gotten or weren't even you know budgeting for, I would have assumed that not only did we cover our debts, but we would have had a little bit. I'm not expecting to spend like, you know, the cities and the Liverpools and the Man U's of the world. But I would have hoped, you know, to have 30 or 40 million to go into without having to sell first um, to just be able to reinforce the squad. You know, I mean, you have such a good season. You should be able to build on it. And with the way things are playing out so far with, I mean, we'll get into it, but like, it's just... I don't see how this is a positive. I don't understand how some people are trying to tell me like, oh, this is a good thing though. You know, we, it's not like last summer, you know, we don't have to, we don't have to reach 60, 80 million, whatever. That's, that's all good and well, but we're not going to be able to be sustainable. We're not going to be able to compete with other teams, not, not only in, in Europe, but in our own league, if we don't rejuvenate the squad, it's, it's impossible to take sidesteps continuously and then not be able to be competitive or be or expect to be competitive, I should say. Yeah, I think you mentioned a really important part of this whole puzzle, which is the season that we just had, right? Um, we made it to the Champions League final and that put, you know, over a hundred million dollars in our coffers um, after a season where you know, we we didn't get any money from our main shirt sponsor. We understand the, you know, financial 
um, sort of restrictions that the club is operating under. But to your point, the scary thing to think about is what would this Mercato be looking like if we didn't make it all the way to the Champions League final, right? It's sort of this Mercato is very much exposing the identity of this of this organization, this club. I'm not talking about the team. You know, we know the work that the players in Inzaghi have done, but th- there's two paths that this Mercato could have could have gone in, right? One, are we going to operate like a club that just made it to the Champions League final, um, that definitely underperformed in the league, but had the talent to be able to win it? Are we going to act like one of the very best teams in Europe? Or are we going to act like a club that is um, in a financial situation that does not coalesce well with being a top 10 club in Europe? Uh, And I think the answers that we're getting is that you know, we are we're starting from uh, scratch, right? So let's go ahead and and the first thing that I want to do before we jump into, you know, the actual players that have been coming in and out is just talk a little bit about Inter's financial situation. And I want to get your thoughts on um, a couple things here. So firstly, we have this great run, this deep run where, you know, all this money is coming in from the tournaments uh, that we're participating in. Uh, we hear that there are multiple suitors for our main shirt sponsor. We hear that Suning is refinancing the Oak Tree loan. Going into the Mercato, it felt like we were going to have uh, you know, a little bit of money to actually invest in the squad. The reality is we are uh, required to post the summer ending at zero, plus minus zero, right? So whatever we bring in, the same needs to be taken out of the club. No investment from Suning, which is... An improvement over, I guess, saying we need to end on a certain amount of profit. But to your point, like you said, it's hard to compete when you're not able to invest at all. So that's the situation that Inter is in. The other piece of this that I really, I think people need to understand is let's take a specific situation on the market. Okay, let's take Bellanova. We have, you know, a young wing back, um, potentially, you know, uh, the right wing back for Italy for many years to come, a really talented kid that showed spurts of of potential at Inter last year. We have a $7 million obligation, that we, not an obligation, an option that we can pick up to uh, to extend uh, Bellanova's time with Inter. When you look at the position group, you have Dumfries, you have Darmian, who is going to spend most of his time at right center back, you know, given some of the investments that we've been unable to make. Uh, at that position. Bellanova seems like someone that we need to bring in. Why aren't we able to make that $7 million payment? Very, very simple. There was an article that Sharma had posted from uh, Calcio e Finanza where they they sort of say, we're in the position where we understand we can bring in $7 million, $7 million uh, euros from you know, the kids at some point during the summer. It shouldn't be difficult for us to take up that option. The reason why we aren't able to is because our credit worthiness has been deemed so poor that we literally need to have the dollars in the bank in order to, um, to make that investment right away. That, that should be a a huge red flag and huge uh, alarm bells going off because no other team, no other major team in Europe is operating, um, under that kind of credit unworthiness, right? Teams make investments. And then at the end of the summer, you know, you're able to sell off the players that you have and you have your number. We aren't even able to do that 
um, you know, upfront at the start of the, of the Mercato unless we actually sell some players. So it's a really, really bad position to be in uh, on the Mercato because your hands are, are really tied. Um, and the question that I have for you is there's been discussion about whether, you know, is Beppe moving kind of shadily on the market? Like, do we still trust this guy? Does this guy still have it? Or are his hands truly tied by Jang and ownership and the position that they've put us in? My thought on it, I still believe in Beppe as a, you know, as a director of football and what he's able to do. But what are your thoughts? Is it more ownership or is the, the front office of our club uh, making some mistakes here early in the Mercato? Yeah, I think it's a combination of the both. Um, I think, obviously, you see how we're not able to even scrounge up 7 million euros to, to pay for a player who I feel was redeemable. And and even if you don't think, like, <clears throat> worst case scenario, you redeem him, and then you could sell him right away if you don't want him. If you don't think he fits your system, if you don't think he's worthy, you're going to make a profit. Like, it, it just it, it makes no sense to me why you don't even make an attempt at that. I also I, I don't I, I don't even know if I trust Beppe really. I, I don't know you know, like we look at some of the players who, who were being rumored to be interested in, not even being, being able to finish, you know, free transfers and get them across the finish line lately, as opposed you know, as opposed to the past where you can almost guarantee that they were coming to Inter. It's I don't know if that's a combination of Beppe not having the same skills that he used to have, Zhang not really giving the OKs. It feels like a lot of times you hear Stephen Zhang still hasn't given the OK. He still hasn't given the OK. I, I just I don't know. I don't know what to believe. And I mean, I, you know, we could have people make all these conspiracy theories up and, and whatnot. But at the end of the day, I mean, I don't care how it gets done. I just want it to get done. And I also want there to be a clear plan. Like that's the, the the other thing that's that's frustrating is I don't mind. Let me rephrase. I do mind selling players, but but I can understand it if you give me a roadmap. And I know they don't have to really show us what their their plans are. Like, hey, this guy's going to be sold. We're going to take those funds and buy this. this. Like, I understand they're not going to share that either. But if you if you come out and tell us at the very least, like, hey, we're going to be going for building through the youth, build them up, sell them off at a large profit and then reinvest in the squad, I can get behind that because I understand that this is the plan and this is the strategy that we're going to go with going forward. When you're buying or you're signing these free transfers or trying to get free transfers to plug in and, and, and kind of fill a gap, like you, you're not, no one's going to get excited that you lose Skriniar on a free and then you try to bring in Cesar Espiliqueta on a free transfer to replace that. Like that's not, that's a step back in that, in that regard. No one's going to get, think like oh we lost Lukaku now Marcus Taram is in on a free let's get all excited about him and not to not to say that I'm not excited about him he's a player I've wanted for since before we got Joaquin Correa so do I think that he is um gonna come in and become this 30 goal scorer absolutely not I, I think anyone who knows anything about about football knows that he isn't that kind of player but his pace and his trickery and his ability to to draw penalties could be a, a weapon for us so I'm I'm still excited about that, but you know when you when you allow someone like Marcelo Brozovic to leave, and then you're trying to ch- convince me that Davide Fratesi is the player that we should be getting, I'm not excited about that. Unfortunately, and it's not that I don't think he's a good player. I just don't see him 
improving the team or even being somebody the honestly the way i look at that to be quite honest is if you bring in a guy like fratesi that means you look at barella as expendable at some point maybe not this summer but maybe next summer because people constantly compare them as two very similar players where to me it's an They're insult not. to barella to even say yep. that they are they are similar you know i think the only thing they have similar is is maybe their facial structure you know if you want to give me that they look somewhat similar but it's just ridiculous and that's that's where I have a problem when I, I don't understand what the plan is or even if there is a plan. I, it, it's almost like they're just throwing darts at a board and they're like, that's the player we're going to target now. And I don't know. Yeah, my I mean, my take on this whole thing is uh, as far as with regards to the management, Beppe, Auxilio, Batsin, what they're doing, my take is that there is a plan or there was a plan. and the inability or the amount of time that it's taken in order to sell off players to get the cash needed in order to close these deals is what's really been holding them back, which is it's on them as well, right? Like it's on them as well. Um, let's, let's dive into the outgoings. Cause I think uh, there's a lot to talk about here. So the the first major name has departed uh, Inter. Obviously, we knew Skriniar was leaving for a free. We don't really need to touch on that, but we do need to touch on our Regista Brozovic is uh, is gone to Saudi Arabia. Um, the Saudis have made a significant impact in this market already, uh, and we've seen a lot of player, a lot of big name players make moves over. Do you have something to? Well, it's just like a there. significant a significant impact to to every other team except Inter. I mean, it's it's insulting in what, terms we, of, what we got for him. Yeah, in terms of what was actually brought in. So we need to talk about this story a little bit, right? So uh, apparently there's something going on with management versus Brozovic. I don't I I can't quite put my finger on it if it was, you know, a disagreement over how hurt he was during the season. I think management saw what Hakan was able to do at the Regista position and said, Brozovic is on high wages. We can probably get some amount of money for him and um, and reinvest into the squad, which if that was their thinking, that was their thinking. You know, you can you can fault them for that that way of thinking, but the reality is, is that Hakan did perform well in that Regista role. Obviously, Brozovic is one of the best in the world at his position, but, you know, maybe they had an idea to improve on that second Metzala position next to Barella by getting rid of Brozovic if they had a disagreement with the player, so on and so forth. We saw a multiple-week long transaction play out where it was secured and guaranteed that for 23 million euros, we would be selling Brozovic to Al Nasser. He denied the initial contract offer from uh, Al Nasser eventually worked his way into earning 100 million euros over three seasons with them, and eventually the deal closed. But not first before Al Nasser came to the table to change the deal of the change the terms of the deal, essentially, to go from 23 million in our coffers to 18 million um, with potential add-ons to bring it up to 20. Does, that feels like we got played. There's no other, you know, again, we're not there in the negotiation room. You know, we don't know what is done between Brozovic and Al Nasser. We don't know what those conversations look like. We know Brozovic asked for a severance pay in order to leave Inter, which I believe was more of a fuck you than, you know, him actually thinking he was going to get it. But that first transaction or first big outgoing, it's hard to to leave that 
story without feeling like we got absolutely bullied and played by a Saudi league that is throwing money at every which player there is. Yeah, I mean, it's... it's When I heard even the initial numbers that were being rumored, I thought it was a joke. I thought it was disrespectful. I know people say like, oh, you know, you can't just throw a value on your own player for whatever. A player is only worth what a team is willing to play, blah, 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 whatever. I, I understand that. I'm not even talking about what we like what or what it what the final number it was that we received for him. I'm talking about when you look at him as opposed to other players in his position that play his similar role and what those players were able to demand on the transfer market to look at what we got in return is is a, is a joke. It's a joke. You know, people want to say, "Oh, you know, this is the best we can get Inter or desperate play teams know if that's the case, then you don't sell, in my opinion. You don't. Because when I look at Casemiro, who I would, you know, you can make an argument that he might be the only player, realistically, who you could put ahead of Marcelo Brozovic in the same position, in my opinion. Some people are like, oh, no, Rodri. Rodri's only done it for two years. Okay, I'm not going to throw Rodri in the same. You, I need to see it more than that, than, than two years. He went for upwards of $70 million. From Real Madrid to Manchester United, Marcelo Brozovic, sure, he doesn't have five Champions League titles, fine. The guy is world-class. The guy is unbelievable. His vision, his passing, his stamina, everything. The way he's able to absorb pressure. I don't, I don't understand how you can't even get... Forget, forget 20 million, 30 million... You can't even get thirty million for this player. Like you, you you're going to tell me that Al Nasser is is throwing around money for the Ruben Nevises of the world and and all these other guys, and they could spend more on them, but they can't scrounge up forty million for Marcelo Brozovic, thirty million, twenty million. I'm sorry, it, it, it to me it's like we almost negotiated against ourselves. And that 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 is unacceptable. I'm sorry, it is unacceptable. You have to either stand firm with it, or 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 I don't know. It's yeah. We just look we just look weak and inept in 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 every every aspect, and it's just a joke. Yeah, I think what fans have a hard time like. Obviously, we have a love for a player, and we understand how important they are on the pitch. But then you know it gets some negotiations, and it's an entirely different animal. And I think people need to be reminded of. What, what you need to sell a player. You need certain market dynamics. So everything that went against us, um, you can blame on ownership and maybe how management has allowed certain stories to proliferate. Number one, if everybody knows you're broke, no one's overpaying. Like no one's overpaying whatsoever. If everybody knows you're broke, you're you're starting the negotiation from a place uh, and not a position of power. Right. Everyone knows you need to shed wages and you don't have any money to invest into your squad. Automatically, that's a ding against us in negotiation. Number two, if you allow a number to get out there that says, oh, it's the same thing that's happening with Onana right now. And we'll talk about Onana in a second. If you allow a number to get out there that says Inter would accept 23 million or Inter would accept uh, you know, in Onana's case, at least 50 million. 
that that threshold is where clubs are going to start bidding under, right? If there's no other club involved in the, in the negotiations, if no other clubs are bidding, they're not going to say, oh, you'll accept 50, here's 50. Like we see with, with Manchester United with Onana. They're going to come in with 40 and, and look around and see anyone else involved in here. I know Chelsea's not involved. I know, you know, whatever is not involved in here. Why am I going to give them what they want? It's the same thing that, that played out with Brozo. You have the only other club that was involved in the deal was Barcelona, who doesn't have the money to pay for it. So Al Nasser, you know, as much as the Saudis are throwing money left and right, they're, they're not stupid. Like, they know what's going on. So if you're putting the number out there, 23 million is what we would, what, uh, you know, they would accept. You know, the, the, you eventually are able to convince the player, the player, the will of the player is to leave the club after, you know, you burning the bridges with them. They came back to the, to the negotiation table and said, you know what? You'll take 18. You want to get this deal done? You'll take 18. And we got, you know, bamboozled. Um, if you're going to let a number be out there in the media and you would accept 23, then you, you let the media know you're not accepting anything under 30. You know, it's it's sort of you have to play those you have to play those games. A lot of the a lot of mercato um, is games being played out in the media between agents, owners, uh, players, and so forth. And I think if there's criticisms against Marotta, which I believe he has his hands tied, but also this is a legitimate criticism. It's that we're not leveraging stories in the media to our benefit in order to sell these players. We're just, it, it feels like we're losing on every single one of these deals. Onana, let's, let's, you know, actually let's touch on one more thing with Brozovic. If we bring in a young midfielder like um, Fratezi or Tsamarjic, which we'll talk about these players here coming up. If you bring in a young player like that to play that second Metzala next to Barella and you go into the season with Hakan and Aslani, are you? Do you have the confidence that Hakan and Aslani will be able to hold down the Regista position for the entirety of a season, competing on multiple fronts for, you know, sec- second star, uh, you know, another uh, Coppa Italia and progression within the Champions League? Is that? Have, did you see enough from Aslani last year? And also, do you think Hakan can hold that down and perform the way that he did it for an entirety of a season on three fronts? So I didn't see enough from um, Aslani last season, but I don't think that's a knock on him. I just think that's a, the fact that Inzaghi, for whatever reason, didn't seem to have much faith in him, although it appears management has faith that he can take that next step and become a rotational player, like a regular rotational player um, who could maybe even step in if there's an injury to Hakan. We saw last year that Hakan, I mean, the, when he was at his best, it was playing in that Regista role. However... He does not handle pressure the same way that that Brozovic does. He does not absorb it. He does not have um, the ability to hold it off, maintain, you know, hold up play, and then be able to find someone to to release, whether it be on the wings or another midfielder or whomever. You just don't see that from from Hakan, and you could see when he is pressured in his own 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 zone that he is prone to making mistakes misplaying a pass, being careless, hanging onto the ball too long sometimes. Do I think he did a good job last year? Yes, but he does have more mistakes in his game. And I think that now there will be more pressure on him and he's about to get a pay raise. So what incentive does he truly have? And I'm not saying that that he's going to become this lazy bum all of a sudden, 
right. think about it. When a player is coming up on a free agency year or coming close to it, they tend to put out their best seasons. And they tend to do it in order to get paid. And then you start to see a little bit of regression. Very few times does a player exceed what he just got paid. Very few times do you see it. And now that he knows he really has no one challenging him for the position, i.e. Marcelo Brozovic, what does he have to worry about? You think he's really worried about Christian Aslani really pressuring him for that starting role? He knows his position is cemented in the starting eleven. He knows he's not going anywhere. He knows Inzaghi's not going to trust a young player with such responsibilities in key matches. And under the, I'm not saying that means he's going to perform poorly. I'm just saying like let's not expect him to be the player that we saw him this se- we saw we saw this season out of him. And it's just yeah. that's something that I'm concerned with. I mean. I just think this is very, very short-sighted, very poorly thought out. And obviously, we as fans, we see the glaring holes in the rest of this lineup. For us to be weakening a position of strength that, you know, we could have all made an argument that we didn't have to touch this season. Essentially, we lost Galliardini on a free, and we had Sensi coming back. And you I'm sure we would... have the best midfield, and you're arguably up there. Arguably, top three, ar- best definitely midfield. in Italy, and arguably in Europe. Yeah, you know what? Why did you have to go ahead and change anything? And now you have to not only fill that position or fill another Mazzala role, essentially. Now you still have the other holes that you have to fill, and you're talking about selling your top three goalkeeper in the world after the season. I would argue he's in the top three, and then you have to fill that, and not only that, backup and your third choice. Like, what? Yeah. What are we? What are we doing here? What are we doing? Yeah, so last thing on Brozovic before we start talking about Onana, like you just mentioned here. For me, there's two things, and this is strictly about on-pitch performance. Number one, I think, you know, I don't expect Hakan to play 35-plus games at a Gista this season. It's a very demanding position uh, in terms of being able to make yourself available. That's why Brozovic was so goddamn good at it, because he could... He had lungs for days i mean he could run up and down the pitch no problem constantly making himself available and i don't i know that hakan doesn't have the legs to do it so for me if this is going to be a move that on the pitch we don't lose anything um or we gain something aslani is going to have to play a crucial role in my opinion he has the tools to be able to become what brozovic has become from from a standpoint of his ability to pass the ball, from a standpoint of his ability to work his way out of pressure, make the right decisions, um, and you know he's got a hell of a, a shot on goal as well. This this kid can score some goals um, from midfield. I have no doubts about the ability of the player. It's a matter of do you see that sort of development at age twenty two in order to pick up such a huge burden. That Brozovic is leaving behind. I absolutely do not expect Aslani to ever become a midfield engine like Brozovic is able to do because he's one of one. No one in Europe can do what he does. If people want to talk about Rodriguez Regista being one of the best in the world, he doesn't have half the gas tank that Brozovic had. He was truly special in that regard of the likes that we will not see again. That that man was a machine in terms of uh, you know his running and um, the kilometers that he he put on the field. Um, but Aslan is going to play a big role. And the second piece of it for me is going to be production out of that left Metzala position needs to improve. 
if you're going to hurt yourself at one position, you need to get more out of another position. And if it's Fratesi or if it's Samardzic, they have to put up more production offensively than what we saw out of Hakan and Mickey um, from the opposite of, of Barella last year. So that that's my thoughts here on the Brozovic leaving. You know, I think we didn't get enough uh, m- enough money to reinvest. Um, and I think that we've hurt ourselves in, in midfield and, you know, they better have a plan to uh, to replace that kind of production. All right. Let's talk about Andre Onana. Very, very hot links to Chelsea at the start of the Mercato. Um, but it, it, it quickly fizzled out. Uh, FFP ruled out that, uh, you know, they were going to be able to make a major investment like um, $60 million in a goalkeeper like Onana. So it looks like Chelsea is is officially out of the race, but Manchester United has entered it. Uh, Onana played under Ten Hag at Ajax. They had their problems at Ajax. Um, they were not, you know, big fans of one another, but money can smooth over a lot of things. And especially after the performance that Onana put up this year for Inter, you can understand why that is a bridge worth mending, um, you know, and seeing what happens there. So recently, where does the situation stand? Apparently, Man United is ready to bid 40 million euros plus add-ons for Onana. Inter is asking for at least 50 with add-ons to rise up to 60. Neither of those figures, in my opinion, rise to the value of this keeper. Like if it's, you know, it should be 70, 80 million um, in order to take this keeper off our hands. But this is uh, this is where we're at. There's a couple questions. Does Inter sell for that figure, 40 million plus add-ons, because they need the money in order to reinvest in the other holes in the team? Or does Manchester United pull out because they've spent 55 on uh, Mason Mount already? Um, There's another player that, oh, Hoyland, they're looking at potentially spending 60 on. Could they get another option for for cheaper? Um, They have some FFP restrictions as well. So I guess I'll, I'll ask this. Uh, what is the likelihood that Onana to Manchester United becomes a reality in your mind? <sighs> to be honest, I, I really don't see it happening unless they actually do come up and, and, and hit the number that we're requesting. I think that they are going to stand firm on the 60 million. I don't think that they're going to, or they'll do, you know, 50 million plus bonuses, but it's not going to be 40 plus bonuses. Like they, they want what they want and either you pay it or you don't. You know, Inzaghi has come out and said that he wants to keep Onana, that he's important to to the to the club. Onana's not pushing to leave. You know, I mean, people want to say like, oh, you know, he's going to want to leave Serie A. Well, he's not really pushing to leave. He said he's happy at Inter. Like, he doesn't really have a, a reason to leave. He he said he'll now he said he'll do whatever the club tells him. And if Inter comes back and says like, no, 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 we're going to sell you, we want to sell you, whatever, then then yeah, he'll probably you know just go to make them happy. But it's. As a fan and as a player who's who's seen many great goal, great goalkeepers play for Inter, he's not someone that I want to see leave just yet. I don't think we've been able to really appreciate just what he can do. Not even not even just a, you know for playing the ball out of the back, which I think there is no other goalkeeper in the world who can do what he does with the ball at his feet. But his shot stopping ability. I mean, I talk about it all the time. The ability to, to control the rebounds the way he does. You know, that, that was my big red flag with Vicario was the way he just allows juicy rebounds to bounce around the box and, and give other players an opportunity to score. That's not something I would want to see. I mean, 
it's uh it's just it's painful when you when you hear you know oh this guy can do the job or this guy can come in and st-. nobody's gonna be able to come in even as a shot stopper Karnaseki, Trubin, whoever else you want to tie to the club and and don't get me wrong Trubin is a very very interesting prospect he's someone that I, I mean I liked him since he was 18 years old and, and he was playing very well against us you know and, and he did it against Real Madrid and, and he is a great shot stopper really good reflexes but he does not have the ability that Onana has with the ball at his feet and let alone even the rebound control which he's a kid he's 20 21 almost 22 21. maybe he's 22 by yep. now you know he's 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 going to mature he's going to get better but right now you have a goalkeeper who is a proven commodity which even if you want to sell him next summer which again I wouldn't if we kept him I wouldn't even want him to go but there's a possibility that he gets even more valuable if he has another strong UCL campaign, if Inter win the the you know the Serie A title, who knows? Who knows? Now instead of sixty, you can demand ninety. And yeah. for a club that's strapped for cash, these are the things you have to think about. Is it, it? If you told me right now, right now, that we're unable to fill other holes, but our team is staying as it is, we may have to plug in some youth players, some guys that we get back from loan. Maybe we have to go and, and spend ten million on Pirola to get him back from Salernitana for him to be, you know, a backup center back or or, or whatever. And that, uh, you know, we're not selling Dumfries. We somehow are able to get Lukaku on loan. I don't know, whatever. But we go in with, let's say, the the forward group being Lautaro, Turam, let's say Lukaku, and whether it's Esposito, Satriano, whomever, as the fourth. Carboni. And we find some Carboni, yeah. You know, I'd rather loan out Carboni just because I want him to to be able to actually crack the lineup at some point, um, and maybe just suffer through you know one of those losers being the fourth. Our midfield stays the same as is right now, and then you know we go ahead and, and we have to kind of patch it up with other other stuff but we keep onana i think i'd be okay with that to be honest yeah. like I, he's so valuable to the style of football that inzaghi wants to play to to swap him out and then have to to fill in other holes like mix and match yeah it's it's just gonna be it's not gonna be good man he's he's like brozovic in like we talk about why is he the best at Ajisa in the world? There are others that can pass like him. There are others that can control the tempo. Yeah, but no one else has Brozovic's gas tank, right? It's the same with Onana where there are other amazing, you know, shot stoppers out there, but no one really has the presence in terms of what he's able to do with his feet and the confidence that he has in terms of being able to uh, pass out from the back. He's pivotal to Inter's style of play, number one, like, that's of all the sales that we could possibly make that's one that undoubtedly hurts the way this team plays the most because they use uh that keeper as an outlet especially when it's onana they use that keeper as an outlet because of what he's able to do with his feet there's another thing that you said um you know at inter like we haven't seen a goalkeeper like this the only one that you can you can really compare him to is julio cesar and if you were starting from scratch right now, a prime Julio versus a prime Onana, nine times out of ten, you're still taking Onana because Julio couldn't do what, what Onana can with his feet, right? And the other thing that really, really, um, really makes that similarity important for me, I guess, is that this guy's mentality is not something you see from a lot of professional footballers these days. And I think it it matters. Like, it, his work, 
on how many occasions were you consistently impressed with his post game interviews when things were getting tough? Like he's a he's a leader, and those players make a huge difference, especially when you're talking about a 38 game se- uh, season in Serie A. You know, a rough and tumble season. He's the kind of player that that really makes a difference. As far as the Mercato goes, we're in a a bad position because, like you said, there are a lot of holes to fill and not a lot of money to do it with. And I am scared. I I want them to hold firm um, on this number that they're asking for. I'm nervous a little bit that they do accept an offer below because – you know, let's talk about what you need to fill, right? If Onana's gone, you're buying two keepers. If he stays, you're still buying one keeper. You don't have a backup right now. Uh, in terms of the defense, you need backup for Darmian in the right center back position. If you don't get backup for Darmian in the right center back position, Darmian's going to be playing backup to Dumfries as a right wing back and also being the sole right center back. I mean, you know, you have holes at, at, on the wing with Belanova leaving. You have a Metzala that you have to pick up at least in the midfield, and then you at least have to have uh, two strikers come in. I mean, there's a lot of work to do. It's scary. It's it's yep. scary. You can't you can't tell me that there's no money and be looking at all these holes on the pitch and feel confident as an Inter fan right now. It's really fucking scary. And everything that we're gonna have to do is going to have to be an installment paid out over several years. Or you know, or loans where there's no initial fee to take it, and you have to do an obligation to buy later on. It's like we're just deferring the problem year after year because we're on such shitty financial footing. You know, we're mate like we're a discount yeah. shop right now. There's no world where Onana should go under seventy. There's no world where Onana being sold after the season he just had shouldn't break the world record for for keepers. It's at seventy right now with Kepa. I mean, what are we talking about? What are we talking about? The only reason that that figure comes below 70 is because of the situation that Inter is in financially. Um, and it's not something the fans should have to endure year after year, summer after summer, um, where you really don't know. Like, how how are we going to fill these holes, Johnny? Dude, I don't, I don't know, man. I really don't. Like, I, I mean... Let's... Let, realistically... Think... Realistically... Yeah. Gosens, right? If it's 15, you still have to replace him with Carlos Augusto who's going to cost you, you know, up, upwards of 15 potentially. If it's Dumfries that you sell, let's say you sell Dumfries for 20, 25 million, you still need to buy two right wing backs. What quality are you going to get from two right wing backs if you have, you know, 20 million to spend or 25 million to spend? It's not like, it's a bad situation. It's a really bad situation. Yeah, no, it's it, it's a ridiculous situation, man. Like there is there is nothing that I'm seeing that we're tied to that excites me. There's nothing I'm seeing that like okay, that's a step in the right direction, that that's something that we can build on. You know, like the only player that I've truly gotten excited about that we've been rumored to be interested in is Samarchic because he's a young player. He's only going to get better. He already had a breakout season last season with Udinese. You know, that's something that if you spend, let's say, 20, I think 25 million max on right now, you can sell him in a year or two and he still wouldn't have reached his peak. But you'll more than double what you what you've invested. That's what I feel like we need to be looking at players with resale value with a with a 
the ability to be make you want to I, I look at it as you want to be able to get at least double what you invested on any young right. player whenever you're 100%. able to sell them yeah that, that's that should be the mentality every time sometimes you can get even more than that you know some teams are exceptional at being able to do stuff like that Borussia Dortmund is probably the prime example whenever they buy someone young they not only do they hardly miss but they almost always make a massive massive profit on their original investment I mean yeah. They got a little more than three times what they invested in Jude Bellingham. Yeah. They got double what they invested in Erling Haaland, and that's because they put a kind of lousy release clause in it, but whatever. They still doubled it. Like, they, 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 they go about it the right moved, way. They've, they've been able to move off of being Bayern's feeder club, right? Haaland went to yeah. the Premier League, right? Jude went to La Liga, right? So that's, you know, as long as they're not consistently feeding Bayern, like, that's a good model. But... Anyway, like the other outgoing would be Korea and you're not going to get any money for him. Also, where where are the fees for the kids? I mean, every single summer we're we're getting 5 million here, 7 million here. Like where where are the fees for the kids? Mulatieri is the only one that's, you know, definitely going to Sassuolo whether it's part of Fratesi or not Fratesi, but outside of that, like where are the bids for <laughs> for Esposito? Where are the bids for like you know, Zanotti just left for to St. Gallen or whatever. In Switzerland, loan. I think for like, I on mean, loan for zero euro. Well, why are we not? This is what we do every year: is we yep. strengthen the first team by getting 15, 20 million off the kids. That's a that's going to be a big blow to us if we can't move. Oh, Satriano to Dinamo Zagreb on a loan on a on a dry loan. Why? Why? Yeah, he played. No, I, he played almost. Uh, you know, he played like over a thousand minutes for Empoli last year. I know he wasn't a big goal scorer, but. We got twenty million for Pinamonti last year. That's that's something that I'm I'm very very worried about is that there's been no movement on the FTK movement. Um, <laughs> I'm getting pretty worried about that. But anyway, let's dive into some of the incomings here. So confirmed, Marcus Turam Ticus has been signed up on a free transfer, uh, six to six and a half, depending on add-ons, bonuses that are reachable. Uh, in his salary, really, this is a really good deal, guys. It's a really good deal. It's an upgrade over Korea. Um, you know, if you want to say he's not exactly ready to replace Jekyll, he needs to prove that on the pitch. I'm fine with that. At the very least, you know, he's your third striker, and this is a guy. He's 25 years old. Um, you know, he he's another one that's potential resale value. Uh, and you know, we also stole him from under the uh, the. <laughs> The clutches of Milan, which is always a, a big win. Um, he brings something different than we've seen at San Siro. Uh, you know, his pace, his dribbling. I think he has the ability. He plays better in a two-man front. I think he has the ability to really grow under Inzaghi. There's going to be growing pains for sure. For sure. Expect that Interisti. He's not, like Johnny said, he's not bursting onto the scene scoring 30 goals. But he's a great option for us in this time of, um, you know, financial insecurity or unsustainability um to bring him in on a free transfer is is huge right do you have any any qualms about this transfer or you think hey this is the best piece of business nah, that he's th- done all summer this is yeah obviously this is the best piece of business we've done all summer this is the best we were probably going to get given the circumstances you know and something like he you're not going to find world-class finishers just <laughs> being able to be available on a free you know walking around the streets so not only to get him, but to, to to steal it from Milan, that's that's huge. So um 
you know, you you basically weaken the a direct rival, which I, I think anyone would would be more than happy with. So I think that he could have certain qualities that could be a huge asset for this team. I just think people need to curb their expectations yeah. in terms of the goal production, possibly. You know, I, that's 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 the only worrying thing. But anyone who's who knows anything about Marcus Duram knows that's always been a thing with him. So yeah, you know, and I don't doubt his ability to develop into a much more consistent goal scorer. But uh, I'm with you that expectations need to be tempered. But at the very End of the day, um, this is a good piece of business for me there. Jan Bissek, the young uh, left center back, right center back, uh, Germany's under-21 national team captain coming in from the Danish league, Aarhus, for a fee of $7 million. For 7 million euros. I always fucking do that. 7 million euros, a, uh installment to be paid over two seasons, only cost us three and a half this year. Uh, this is a, dev- this is a, a project... We can't even pay oh seven God. million. We have to split it up over two years. Guys, uh, we're talking about one half of the Champions League final. This is what we're talking about here. And a the worst part is release clause. The worst part is we could have signed a better player in January for four million and we didn't even have the money then. Are you talking so, about Maturo? Yeah. I mean I I was so upset about the Maturo signing. Yeah, we'll see him. We'll we'll see him in in Serie A now. I'm looking for honestly. I'm gonna be watching a lot of Genoa games to kind of because I'll be watching and I'll be quickly tweeting. Told you, told no, you. No, he's he's so. really good and he also has the versatility of being able to play out like on left back, left wing back. Um. So yeah, I, I yeah, I wish you would have gotten him too. But anyway, we bring in Bisek again. This is a project, guys. Like, don't expect yep. to be seeing a ton of him. Um. You know, I I don't. I think that we're going to secure another right center back. Um, but you may see him spell Darmian at times. He's definitely there to help, you know, uh, give take some of the load off of Bastoni. But we I think do they're going to try to loan him, to be honest. You I do. Think he'll, he'll, I think he'll be I think he'll be with the team in the summer. But I think at the, by the end of the summer, they're going to try to loan him. I'm just <laughs> guessing. I think they're going to want him to get more experience in the Serie A. I could and see that, that happening. I could see that happening. I'm concerned about the lack of depth currently at the club. Um, at, sure. You know, the three center back positions, which would mean that he kind of needs to stay with us. But if the thinking is that Simone gets his hands on him and he says, this kid's not not nearly seasoned enough to make 15 appearances for me this year, then, you know, you could be right. Um, he could have to go and maybe we bring in a veteran on loan. All right, you want to play a game of uh, of yay or nay for some names yeah, that we've been linked that. to? Okay, let's start uh, with the goalkeeper. If Onana is sold, I'm going to toss out uh, four names to you, okay? Jan Sommer, yay or nay? Is is he... See, that it, it depends on a, on a couple of factors, but I'll say, I'll say yay for now just to... So we'll we'll set this precedent when taking into account a signing, a yay or nay, you have to take into account what their potential fee is, like how much it's going to cost the club, as well as, you know, your projections for their on-field performance. So we got a yay for so, Somer. So he's a, yeah, he's a yay then if we're just going off of that. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent shot stopper actually performed really well for Bayern last year when he was spelling Neuer um, after the problems that were had um, in the dressing room. Um so I think he he might be a yay, especially his experience, because the next three names of this on the list are, are children. 
Uh, Anatoly Trubin, Shakhtar Donetsk. Yay. Yay. I agree. Um, taking into account resale value, uh, I agree. 21 years and- old and... This is, I think, Madrid was linked to very closely with him for a long time, right? He's been he's been competing in the Champions League for three years now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, as uh, yeah. I mean, considering what the rumored value is and what you know Shakhtar is supposedly wanting, I think that's a it's a slam dunk if you if you sell Onana, of course. Like I'm not advocating to sell Onana. Young Italian youth product, Marco Carnesecchi. Nay. Yeah, um, that's going to be a nay for me as well. I don't yeah. think he's as seasoned as the other options that we have, and he would probably cost similar. So taking that into account, uh, yeah, I mean, it's going to be a nay more for me. Listen, Lazio tried getting him last season before he even really played in Serie A for $20 million and they turned that down. Yeah. Now imagine what, what Atalanta is going to ask for. you know, yeah. And they could always just dump Juan Musso and let Carnesecchi be the starter. That, yeah, yeah, no, it's not not worth it. I don't think he's really that that good. He's definitely not a modern goalkeeper, so it's a nay for me. Yeah, he's more in the mold of a Donnarumma in terms of mm-hmm. his ability to you know stop shots, but not play out with his feet, which we know is crucial Clumsy for the side. With his feet, yeah. Okay, last one rumored at thirty to forty million euros to bring in Georgi Mamardashvili, the Georgian from Valencia. This one's a tougher one. I I think he's probably the best one of the bunch right now. Actually, that could be tough. It could be Trubin. I don't know. But when you look at the at the price, 30 to 40 million, nah. I just I don't see that being especially if you're only gonna get, let's say we only get 50, to then go turn around and spend that much on a goalkeeper when you have so many holes to fill, it just doesn't make sense. So I'd have to say nay just because of the price, not because of skill level or potential or anything like that. Yeah, at at that price, you're probably better off getting, like if you want a ready-made product, you're probably off, you know, better off getting uh, Jan Sommer um, who's going to come or, at half, or half the price. Or Trubin. Okay, um, so it seems like the preference if we have to move on from Onana would be Trubin or Sommer, but more Trubin because of the resale yeah, value. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Let's talk about the defense. So in terms of uh, center back options that we've been linked to. Nay. uh, (laughs) Nay. I know. I don't even. I don't even. It doesn't even. I know what. It doesn't even matter. Just straight up nays on on all of them. I Uh, am. (laughs) I'm shocked at the amount of people that have been okay with this name. Um, The amount of like Inter Twitter people that have been okay with this name because I just don't see it. I mentioned the other day that I think he's just too chaotic and impulsive. And I know, you know, Nazario has said that's sort of how, what playing like Gasparini is like, but he's had his opportunity at top clubs before and they've been quick to move on from him. This is Meri Demiral, uh, a center back who could not even break through with Atalanta this year, 15 to 20 million euros to bring him in. I don't know. I, I, there's no. there's a, a kid Omar Solet from Salzburg who would likely cost the same. He's you know like five years younger. I think he's a better player. Um, I don't I don't understand why Demiral has been so closely linked to us. I don't I don't get it. I don't see it. I don't see it on the pitch. 
I don't see it on the pitch. I don't get it. I don't know if he's got nudes of Marotta that he's trying to to get exposed to uh, the Italian TMZ. I don't. I don't know. It doesn't make sense to me at all why he's a player that they're talking about with this club. Like, like you said, chaotic. He's very reckless with his challenges. He's not really quick of foot. He's not good with the ball at his feet. I, I don't. I don't see like. I know nobody's gonna be able to replace what Screenyard did. That's not lost on me. Nobody's gonna be able to. He had one of the greatest success past success rates in Europe, not just in Italy, in Europe. Very good. Yeah, was he was he a little weak going side to side? Not very good with his lateral movement, sure. But you know, that's it never really hindered him except for maybe games against Leao, truthfully. Demerol is a massive, massive downgrade. Sure, you could say he's an upgrade on Aspiliqueta, but that's not really saying much. Like that's not that's not uh, an improvement. I, I agree with you on Sulet. I mean, I don't think that he's a player that we're going to target, unfortunately. You know, I mean, it's it's crazy how you and I could see this player and have seen film of this player, um, seen him in Champions League games, and we could recognize that there's a player there. But Inter watches guys like Demerol, and they're like, mm-hmm, that's, that's the one I want. I, it just doesn't make sense. I, I It drives me insane. Um, and I mean, obviously, you know how I feel about Joseph Sutalo. I, I mean, that game, that guy's not, we haven't been rumored to even be tied to him. Dinamo Zagreb said 18 million euros. 18 million euros is all they want for this guy. And we, we like, and the crazy thing is he wears number 37. So he can come right in and take that jersey and then, you know, continue on with that legacy. But no, no, no. We're going to look at, at trash Serie A scraps. Yeah. Yeah, it does seem to be like the strategy for the defense has been to look at some veteran type players, um, you know, in order, in order to take over that position. There is one other player that we've been linked with a ton that I'm just blanking right now. Aspiliqueta said no. Um, oh, fuck. Uh, get your doggy bag ready. Trevo Chaloba. <laughs> If if my options are between Chaloba and and Demerol, I might lean towards Chaloba only because he's got a little more pace to him, which I think could be obviously given the fact that he would be playing on the side where guys like Leao and Cavada would be pushing. Even though he may not be the best defender, his pace can maybe make up for for mistakes that he makes. If he if he overcommits to a tackle and any and the player blows by him, that pace could actually be useful. Do I think he's a good player? Not really. Um, no. But between the two, if I had to choose, I guess I'm going with uh, with Trevor Shalaba, which isn't really saying much. He's but more I, likely, but, I, but 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 he's still a nay for me. Yeah. He's more likely to get a move back to the Premier League one day um, than Demiral is, which Isoldi, Isoldi, you know, we always like to to hear that. But I'm terrified that those are the names that we're being linked to right now because they're the only ones that are really, you know, we're going to be speaking with Chelsea about Lukaku and apparently Chalaba is going to be a topic of discussion. And then Demiral has been very, very hotly tied to Inter in recent weeks after Aspiliqueta, um Aspiliqueta is also, by the way, anyone, you know, saying we couldn't even close the deal. I mean, the guy got a similar offer from Spain in Atletico Madrid, and he's Spanish. I mean, like yeah. what? Yeah, like that's <laughs> that to me. I'm not like everyone's like, oh, you know, look what Pepe fumbled the bag. Like, no, no Pepe. I mean, we dodged the bullet there, but also, yeah, we were going up against. It's his home country. 
It's his like, home country. He's been living in London for years. I mean, yeah, like you think he doesn't miss tapas and paella? I don't think. I think he yeah. does. So like, he just wants to go home. You know, Milan is not sunshine and rainbows for most of the year either. It's it's and like, and, and not for nothing. Out of the major Italian cities, it's probably got some of the worst food. And I, and not that it's bad, but like the, I would think of other other cities first if I'm thinking just solely for food. Yeah, I, I do not feel disrespected that he's not choosing all. to not go back to his home. And I, like, I didn't even want him. So it's like, why why are we why are people getting upset? Like it makes sense. That, yep. It makes sense. But we desperately do need a, a right center back. Um, and it seems like we are hateful of the options that we have. But we move on. Let's talk about a couple wing backs that we've been linked to. Gosens uh, has been linked with a $15 million move to Union Berlin or Bournemouth or Wolfsburg. Replacing him, the name that has come up most consistently has been Carlos Augusto. Another name that people feel differently about. Um, I'm not as high on, but I know that there are plenty on Inter Twitter that you know think he's uh, more suited to our style of play. He is a wingback that likes to play a little bit more inverted. You will see him join this the play in the center of the pitch a lot more often than you'll see from Di Marco who likes to you know hug the touchline and um you know deliver crosses this this player is much more involved in the play through the center of the park which I think is an interesting um interesting dynamic that we don't currently have 24 year old Brazilian but he played at Monza last year um not the sexiest name Johnny for you Carlos Augusto yay or nay it's a massive nay for me. I'm sorry. Wow. Like, I just don't. I, he doesn't excite me. He doesn't do anything that like. We talked about this in the space yesterday. Like, okay, so he's more direct than Gozens. He's a better dribbler than Gozens. Maybe, maybe you can make an argument for a little pace here, but he's not as good on getting on the back end of crosses in the box. He's not as strong as a, of a defender. So the things that you're improving on you're also negating other strengths, which yeah. allowed him to be different from what you have with Di Marco. Yeah. Like, I understand from Go- if Gozen's point of view where he wants to play, he wants to be a, pro- a an actual starter, not just for the, you know, for Inter, but you know, he wants to play for the German national team at the Euros. I get that, man. Like, I, I, yeah, if you have an opportunity where you're going to be guaranteed starting 11 minutes, go ahead and get it, man. I, I think you, you know, he, un- he's been unfortunate where the year he comes in, Ivan Perisic is playing the the year of his life. Like no one was, I mean, he was the MVP for Inter. So like you can't, yeah, you're never gonna get him to to be benched for you. And then Di Marco has an incredible season last season, and and you can't really punish him for playing well, and then and and just throwing you out there. So very unfortunate. Do I want him to stay? Yes, because I like him. I think he has yeah, the me right too. mentality. He has a good attitude. He never complains. He doesn't, He doesn't. you know, throw a tantrum. You never see him pouting on the bench. He seems to be very well liked in the dressing room. I just think, you know, unf- unfortunate, you know, some health, some injuries and, and then, you know, just people in the, in the, in the lineup being better than him at certain times. It's, it's nothing yeah. he could have really done. So I would much rather keep him than go out and sell him and then replace him with someone who isn't that big of an improvement, in my opinion. I couldn't be more in agreement with you on this because I thought that he was the perfect foil for Di Marco. Like the difference, th- these are two very, very different players. But when you're throughout the entirety of a season, like when you're, you know, mixing and matching and subbing in and out, like those two, I thought we got very good play from our left wing. Um, 
And I really, really like the characteristics that both of them bring to the table. I'd be sad to see Golson's go. But like you said, he wants to play. Um, he's got one one shot coming up to to join a World Cup with with Germany. I think him being left out of the squad for the last World Cup really hurt him, especially all the hype around him as the best uh, the best wing back in Europe. And then it was a, a fall from grace. Um, I could see the player wanting wanting more play, playing time and. I understand how that works, but it sounds like neither of us are very high on Carlos Augusto as the um, as the sub. Um, okay, what about on the right-hand side? We know that we have not seen much interest from other teams in Dumfries, but apparently we've been linked with a player whose contract is expiring in 2024. Has told Urbano Cairo, one of the... Uh, this is going to be tough for me to say. I'm not going to say it. One of the more difficult people to negotiate with in uh, in world football in Torino, the president, um, Wilfred Sango, 15 to 20 million euros. I'll go first. He's a yay for me. I really, really like this player. I really, really do. 22 years old, plays a really direct style of football. Um He's a better crosser than Dumfries, although his definitely his first instinct is to create shooting opportunities for himself and and take his man on. I think he has way more confidence in terms of that. He doesn't we see too often out of Dumfries where he does that hesitation before taking his man on. You rarely see that with Sango. I really, really like this player. I know that negotiations would be difficult for him, but are you a yay or nay on Wilfred Sango, right wing back from Torino? Yeah, I'm a, I'm I'm a nay only because of the price. Um, I think you have more, more glaring holes to fill than to throw 15, 20 million for a guy you could possibly just get on a free. Like if you like, I, I would much rather just wait the year, try to sell Dumfries in the summer. You sign him on a free, and then that's that's a win in my opinion. Um, I think center back is way more important than right wing back. As much as I don't like Dumfries, and he's probably my least favorite player in the squad. I could suffer a year of him and, and I don't know, you you rotate Darmian there and maybe you put somebody else at right center back. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Honestly, and that's why I would rather have a right center back come in because then you can push Darmian back to right wing back. Right. And then you can have yeah. him rotate with Dumfries, which I'd be much, you know, in games where you need a better defensive presence, Darmian can do that for you. So it's like... yeah. Bringing in Sengo turns Darmian into a full-time right center back. Exactly, and then you and now you you know so you spent that money there. Why would you spend fifteen to twenty million on a guy you could just wait a year to get for free? You know, it's not like it's SMS where you you know other teams are going to be bidding. It, the world isn't going crazy for for Sengo, and and even still, like I, I see some lapses in concentration when I you know when I saw him play last year, and there's a reason that that you know Yurich uh, benched him at some point, so. That's a that's a little worrying. I, you know, I thought that he would continue to be on an upward trajectory, where we didn't see that. And maybe that's a motivational thing. Maybe that's you know just him not being happy with the squad, and maybe not being happy with the results and stuff. But yeah, I would. I don't know. I, to me, there's more glaring holes to fill. That's the only. Not that I wouldn't want him. on a free. I'll take, but not for, for not for that price. Okay, so we just went through defensively, Demiral. Um, Chaloba, Sengo, Carlos Augusto. 
those options uh, will not inspire confidence in in anyone. Um, so tough sledding on the defensive market, and and they're going to need to do a lot of work in order to fill those holes. Let's talk about the midfield. Um, with Brozovic gone, you could say there's a hole at Regista, but we know the plan for Inter is to put Hakan and Aslani back there. Barella, we need a, a vice Barella, and we also need a vice Hakan Mickey. Um, so we need two midfielders. One that's going to be someone that you're confident in starting and one that can play that Gagliardini role where, you know, you're coming on to play a, a lot of these games. The two names that we've been linked with most frequently are Davide Fratesi. Uh, Carnavali is desperately trying to create a bidding war where Milan won't pay the 40. Roma can't pay the 40 because of FFP. And Juventus's interest is is tepid at this point. It seems like Inter is really, you know, aside from the Premier League teams where Fratesi has said he wants to stay in Serie A, you know, Sassuolo and Inter are on this collision course where it's like, we're not paying 35, we're not paying 40, let's get a deal done. And Carnavali is is desperately, he's not desperate, um, he's holding out for the price that he thinks he can get for his player, which he's done this time and time again. Would you be happy with seeing uh, Barella and Davide Fratesi across from one another um, like we saw on the national team uh, a couple weeks ago. Nope. Don't want him. Don't need him. No, wow. thank you. I, I don't see... I don't see... He doesn't excite me. He doesn't excite me Is part all. of that, before you continue, is part of that because we've been linked to a player that you are you think is superior in Samardzic or do you not like the player at all, no matter who we're linked with? I I, I just don't like the player at that price. I'm not, he does. He's never really excited me. Like... When we were t- rumored to be in on Raspadori, Scamacca, and Fratesi, I wanted the two forwards, and I didn't really care about Fratesi even then. He's mm. a decent little player. I do, but I don't think he's inter-quality in my opinion. I really don't. I, I think that he just, d- outside of being good at getting in a- on goals in the box and having you know quick pace, I forgot. It might have been Sharma who put out a video where there was a lot of instances where he wasn't very direct and he would stop and he would turn and he would pass backwards. You know who else does that that I don't like? Denzel Dumfries. So I don't really need another midfielder, or really, not that he's a wingback, but I don't need a midfielder coming in and having the same type of mindset. Granted, he may be better with better talent around him in the midfield, although yeah. I don't think Maxi Lopez is really that bad of a midfielder. As a matter of fact, a lot of people were rumored to be in on him and he had a, kind of a he's... down year last year, but... Yeah. But he's a he's a pretty solid little player, so it's not like he's playing with literally. You know, scrubs. He's a little he's a little player. Yeah, I mean he is a little player. I just don't think that he's someone that fits this team and that really brings anything of note. He he doesn't excel at any one thing that can make up for you know the rest of his. Like people say, oh, Barella isn't great at one thing. No, no, no. He's just stupid good at everything. Like yeah, yeah he may not be. He's great, great at ev- he's great at everything. He's, he's you could say he everything. may not be, you, you, but you could say he may not be great at everything. Well, he's super, super good at everything, and, and and probably great at some things. So like, you know, you can't. I hate when people compare the two because Barella is leaps and bounds better and, uh, and more complete of a player than Fratesi is. I just don't see the need to and to spend thirty. That's my problem to spend thirty. Like you know. Italian teams cr- get criticized for not making the most money off of Italian players. 
But then they'll go and sell someone who isn't really that great of a player and try to demand 35. Like, they got yeah. less money for Raspadori, who I think probably between Raspadori, Fratesi, and, and Scamacca was the best, in my opinion. Yeah. Probably the most complete player at that time. Yeah. And, but it, we're, and seeing, he, we're seeing his market value play out in real time because that 35-40 came from Carnavali, like, trying to get yeah, Milan, and Juve, and that's Roma, fine. and Inter. You want to yeah. start a bidding war, but I could tell... If Inter has a brain, they say he's not worth that. You're not getting that. You're but not it, looks that. Like, it looks like Marotta has been holding strong, which makes... That's what makes me nervous about the Samarzic links. Because on one hand, the, it could be... Okay, Roma can't pay... This could be a message to Carnavali. Roma can't pay you... Milan is not trying to pay you, and Juve is barely involved. Like, they're going to be looking at other targets. Is it a matter of Inter saying, putting on a little bit of pressure by putting out reports that they're having conversations with Udinese for Samardzic, or are those conversations real? Because if it's, I'm putting out a story in order to get, you know, Fratesi for the value that I want him, I think that's a mistake, because you're looking at a better player at, at, in Samardzic, who's also cheaper and younger, and can do more. Would I welcome Fratesi into the team? Yes, because I do think he has one part of his skill set. I don't want to call it elite, but he is very good at getting into the box from the midfield. He's very good at making himself a, a goal-scoring op- option for the midfield. Um, he's also <laughs> taken on um, his man. You know, I've, I've seen him do it a few times, and I, I did like what I see. But let's let's switch the conversation over to the player that we've been linked with in uh, recent days. Johnny, guys, Johnny is smiling like a maniac right now. I have no idea what what just came through, but let's talk about Samardzic, or let's give Johnny the opportunity to talk. Oh, about no, go it. ahead. We that's exactly who we could talk about because <laughs> on Wednesday, um. Gianluca, Gianluigi Longari just tweeted that Udinese and Inter are meeting on Wednesday to to finalize the deal for Samarcic. Udinese want $25 million and Inter agree with this valuation. And that's exactly... I, I think to me that's the max that he is worth. Okay. Save, like, oh, okay. man, let's go. Okay, let's so if, go. We t- if we talked about... Okay, because oh. now, I'm ex- now I'm excited. If we talked about what Fratesi is good at, which is being uh, scoring goals from midfield, let me talk to you about another player who can score goals from midfield. Um, very technical. Did an, our guy Nima has interviewed this player, Lazar Samadzic from Udinese. I have a couple things that I really, really like about this player, but I'm going to kick, kick it over to you to start. Why would this be such a big win for Inter if they're able to complete a deal for this player? Because this is a player that has different characteristics and is a completely different profile who is a very good dribbler, pacey, can shoot with his left foot, can shoot with his right, is good at passing, can take shots from outside the box. I mean, I don't know if you saw that goal where he shot with the outside of his foot, curled it into the bottom corner. I mean, this guy can do like... I'm sorry, but even on his best day, Fratesi's not doing that. And I like a guy who's a good dribbler, who is tricky in the box, who can cause you know people to... You know he he can he can get past them just by uh, one two quick movements and boom he's gone. He's like I love that. I love guys who just know how to dribble and know how to be direct to you know the attacking side of the pitch. I don't see how you know. I mean, people are like, oh, he's a classic number ten. He'd have to learn a whole new position. 
it is what it is, man. Like other players have had to adapt to learning different roles on the pitch in the midfield. You know, I mean, Pirlo used to be further advanced on the pitch before he got pushed back. You know, I mean, you got the same thing with, you could say with Hakan, now that he's a, he went from playing as an attacking mid to then a Metzala, and now he's at a Gista. Players can learn to play other positions. To me, this is not that big of a stretch for him to do that. So, oh my gosh, like to hear this news that it's, they're meeting on Wednesday, like, yo, I'm going to have the best 4th of July ever because now somebody that I actually, the only player that we've been tied to that we're actually rumored to be spending money on, this is the only one that I wanted them to spend money on. And now it looks like they're trying to get it done and they're just giving up on Fratesi, which I think they should have done to begin with. This guy is going to just check off so many boxes for us. And he's so young, he's only going to get better. And in a year, two years, we can we could be looking at a player who's an 80, 90 million dollar midfielder. Not even a question. So you said a lot of the things that I was going to echo regarding this player, but there's one thing that hasn't been touched upon yet. This guy is um is a set piece weapon, which we've been, you know, at least in terms of free kicks, like Hakan has not been able to put a lot on the actual goal. He's been good on corners. We're losing Brozovic, who had a lot to do with our, our set-piece deliveries over the last several seasons. Lazar Samarzic takes the corners for Udinese on both sides. He takes free kicks. He's a very, very technical player. Is he Schneider-esque in terms of of his play? I don't, I, I don't want to put that press. No, I don't want to say that. He delivers okay. If if Fratesi is more of a link up type player where he'll stop and lay the ball off, it has to be said that Lazar is as forward thinking as it gets for young midfielders in Serie A. You know, we've talked about on this pod when you take a really good player from a not so great team and you put him into a good team, how much does that elevate? I don't really like I, I'm not trying to freak out right now. But this kid has a really, really high ceiling, um, and is would be one of the more would be the most technical player on the team potentially. <sighs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm just thinking of all the possibilities of things that we can do tactically, things that we can do creatively, just maybe new set you know set pieces like stuff that we could just practice in the training pitch and 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 implementing the games like this guy can just be a weapon for this team and i think to, just the thought of him and barella together and I how would... many times how many times did we watch during our our bad streak last year where we ran out of ideas offensively you know where it seems like it became cross and inshallah like way too often we didn't have any players around the box that were like unlocking that pass or even taking men on and putting a shot on goal a lot of that when you have players that are sitting deep against inter and it turns into just cross and hope for the best having technical players outside the box that can play those quick one twos and break the line like that that's how you win in those situations and we don't have that aside from you know barella who's who can be that but oftentimes you know he he shouldered the burden a little bit too much are we going to have a technical player in our midfield? You know, when you were saying Schneider, the first player, I was like, I didn't want to put the Schneider next to him just because I feel like he has such 
a legacy at this club that if you do that, I think you'll be putting unfair pressure on him. But I will say when I watch him play and his dribbling and his, the way he's able to slip past defenders and, and have quick little, you know, one touches where he could just, you know, set himself loose past a defender. It gives me more Rafinha vibes when Rafinha arrived at Inter and was able to do that kind of stuff. Also left footed. Um, I mean, I could see I could see this guy having the same type of impact that Rafinha had. And I immediately, you know, like if we sold uh Gozins, I immediately want this kid to get the number eight. Like that's that's what, what I would want right away. Um finally, like a player that I can get excited about. Like and that's the thing too, like even if this kid doesn't work out, resale value. Yeah. He'll still be young enough where people will be like, you know what? He's worth a risk. He's the worth biggest it. teams in the world have already been interested in him. You know, Barcelona, Juventus have made plays on him um, before. Udinese did well to hold on to him. Um, I know that, you know, stats are not the end-all be-all, but just because we're excited right now, XG last year was 2.4. He scored five goals. So he scored some goals that should not have been goals, which you'd love to see. Um this is a good player, man. This is a good player. I would be very excited if this is the move that we make um, to add to our midfield. And I wonder what Inzaghi would be able to do with him. I know that he's 21 years old, and that makes me a little bit nervous uh, for how Inzaghi would want to play him. But learning from guys like Hakan and, and Mikitarian and Barella would be, uh, would be really good for, for this player's development. Yeah, I completely agree. Yeah, and that's the thing too is like you wouldn't have to throw him into the starting lineup right away. You could let Mickey, you know, play those minutes, ease him into it, and then I think you're, you know, oof, that it would be. Oh God, if I could have him and Sensi off the bench, and let's say Fabian is the sixth midfielder, because I haven't heard anything about him leaving on loan or, or being sold Lecha or whatever. Is, Lecha is the most interested at this point. <laughs> Legend, really? Okay. Well, all right. Regard if it's a loan, buy. What I mean, I'd rather sell him to be quite honest. But, um, yeah. No, it's um, it would be interesting to see how this midfield could could play out. And and to man, I think he would be such a weapon, and not just in 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 Serie A, but in the in the Champions League. I think that you know he could show his uh his real talent because I feel like you have more space in the Champions League than you would have in Serie A. So. so the two midfielders we've talked about, resounding nay for Fratesi from Gianni. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a meh at this point on Fratesi. Uh, resounding gaze from both of us for Lazarza Marzic Inter scheduled a meeting on Wednesday. Wednesday, let's go get it done. Let's see what the magic uh, can bring in. I believe we'll hear... Likely something around that $25 million valuation paid out in installments because that's oh, how we, we can have sign such, players. We have, such a good, we have such a good relationship with Lunese that I don't think that would yeah, be a Corvino problem. Yeah, Corvino is a uh, so, yeah, good guy. I'm, 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 I'm more excited about this than anything that would have happened with Sassuolo. All right, let's talk about um, the forwards here. So let's operate under the assumption that we're able to find something for Lukaku because it has looked like that is such a huge component of our strategy. And I think that if that does have to change, we'll do an episode at a later date about it because 
you know, you have to read the tea leaves a little bit. Um, you see loan with an obligation to buy for 30 million euros paid out over installments. Like the conversations between Inter Lukaku and Chelsea have been so frequent that I think it's, it's sensible for us to operate under the assumption that we'll get something done to bring him back. That's the plan. Lautaro, Lukaku, Turam. So let's talk about that fourth striker position currently occupied by Correa. Let's, again, operate under the assumption we're able to move on for him. I want to toss out... We haven't heard a lot of names linked for this position. It doesn't seem to be like we're prioritizing it, especially because Marotta told everyone to put Carboni in their Fanta Calcio for next year. Looks like Carboni could be an option, but we're talking about incomings. So let's see what is on the market for us. I have four names for you. I'm excited about... Two of them. Actually, yeah, I'm excited about two of them. First name, Luke Bacchio from Hertha Berlin, recently relegated from the Bundesliga. Projected cost around 10 million euros. Played the majority of his time on right wing, but can also play striker. Has linked up very well with Lukaku on the Belgian national team. Yay or nay? Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of a yay for me. You know, he's someone I... I could see being useful he's got good pace um and you know he's a hard worker which i think is something that's missing um he has no problem tracking back not that not that lautaro and lukaku are lazy and they don't i mean i think they just they, they kind of know their role luke bacchio has no problem running back all the way to the opposite 18 um yeah, I mean, he's someone for ten million. I'd I'd be okay with him as a fourth option. I don't think that that's asking too much. And especially, you know, if we were able to work something out where we get Lukaku back, if you tell me it's going to be Lautaro, Lukaku, Turam, and Luke Bacchio, I'm 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 thrilled with that. To be honest, I just had a sick, sick, allegri like thought in my head about what if they bring this? What if they bring <laughs> the right this wing dude back? In? Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> I mean, one hundred and ten percent can see because you're right. Like he he works very hard. He has a lot of skills uh, in terms of taking his his man on. Uh, he has a lot of pace, and it's very Italian to take that and put him at right wing back. I mean, I have seen him listen do some crazy things where he he's recovered and and. Uh, tracked back in a way where he was able to block you know have glow line clearances block some shots that in the box make amazing interceptions maybe 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 that's what they see they're like hey you know what this guy could be our built-in right wing back i don't know i mean yeah it would be very very allegri-esque i'm sure nima would love that if you you know cite allegri as a as a as an option there um but now it's uh you know, we'll see whether it's a fourth option or they, you know, fourth striker, or they decide to to make him maybe a, a, an understudy to Dumfries for a little bit and then take over. Um, I just looked up. Samarzic has played a total of sixty three minutes at left wing, so maybe potentially if you bring in Luka Bakio and Samarzic, you could perform a trident up top. Duram has played left wing as well. Maybe you have, you know, maybe you could do something a little bit different. So three, like four, three, three, four, three. I, I last year I called for a little bit of tactical flexibility is one of the yeah. things that I wanted to see. Yeah, we both did. I just the only thing that worries me about with wingers, if you if you do that, 
then they, then you do you just become crossing inshallah over over and over and over and over again like at least with two strikers who can play off each other and have good movement and and have good um you know repertoire like Lautaro and Lukaku have I feel like it makes it you can kind of get away with not doing that but yeah I mean it'd, it'd be nice to see you know I would like to maybe see in preseason how it looks if we were able to get well I wouldn't want to move some Samarchich to right wing or something but like if you I don't know <sighs> how many how many years have we been watching three five two it's been four it? five four, seasons four consecutive years? so there four is years, a no? selfishness of like you know, because we've seen we've seen us get into patterns of like teams figured it out and we aren't able to break it down. And what we're trying is not. But working. that's because like, we keep coming in with the same players and the same type of players. You bring in a guy like Samarchich and you bring a guy with pace like Taram. Like what is something that's always been a weapon in Serie A? Pace. Yeah. Now you're talking about having it. Maybe maybe it'll it'll look the same, but it'll play differently is what I'm I'm saying. Maybe. Yeah, and maybe I'm wrong. Listen, I'm I'm no obviously I'm no expert by any means, but yeah, but the profile of Luca Bacchio is one that is intriguing for both of us. It sounds like another player that we've been heavily linked with in the past, but those links have almost died out completely. Uh, the new number nine for Italy, not secured, but uh, he's been an option. Matteo Retegi plays in Tigre in Argentina. He's doing. He's a poacher. I mean, he's putting the ball in the back of the net. I think a lot of people have reservations about him because similar to what we were talking about when it comes to Fratesi, there's not there's not a ton to this player's game. Yeah. But the positives is that we could have used a poacher last year, especially when Lukaku, That's Lautaro, and Jekyll 100%. all went cold. They all went yep. cold at the same time. A player like Retegi, I mean, the guy is just looking... He's looking to put the ball in the back of the net, not dissimilar from Icardi, although to compare the two of them, you know, would be a little disrespectful to Icardi. But regardless, if we were to start up talks for Retegi around 15 to 18 million euros, are you still intrigued by that idea or has that sort of fallen by the wayside for you? No, I'm still definitely intrigued by it. I don't understand like the hate that people give him. You know, I mean, uh, some people are like, nah, he's trash. He's, he's this, he's that, you know, he's cheeks. We what we don't have goal scorers, guys like you said who are poachers who can just get in. Like I don't need him to be a great you know player. Move like he is very Icardi esque in his movement off the ball. Can be a little lazy at times. Can get lost in in matches. But then all of a sudden a cross comes in, he slips his defender. Boom! It's in the back of the net. Like I, what I complained about with Icardi and what you know I was saying. Oh, you know. I didn't want him back, blah, blah, blah. but I did, I did. I did want his goals back. I did yeah. want those back. And if Retegi is even, you know, a, a very similar player in that sense, I would, be, I would welcome that. I don't get why people are so anti Retegi. Maybe it's because he's 24 and he's still only ever done in the Argentinian league. Fine, you can make that case. But yeah, I mean, last I saw, he had like 13 goals in 18 games. You no, know, like, he's he's on fire, it, especially this season. He's it, he's on fire. Bro, like I, I you can't. You can't coach that that sense instinct. that 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 yeah. yes that's perfect the instinct to just be able to make the right move at the right time to get in on the back end of a ball and put it in like you that's not something that that's just you feel it you sense it you you could you could read the play you could kind of read what what the defender is going to do where the cross is going to come in from listen if i if i had that mentality 
who knows what I'd be doing right now because I, I just, when I played forward, that's why my manager moved me or my manager, my coach in high school and college moved me to the wing because said, I, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, he moved me out to the wing because he's like, you're, you just don't have that instinct. So, I mean, I was more of a supplying the crosses than actually getting on the end of them. So I get that. But like his, his, his strength is scoring. Lautaro can do all the heavy lifting. DiMarco's yeah. going to be crossing in the balls. Dumfries is going to hit it off the first defender, and it's never going to get to anybody anyway, so don't worry about that. But, like, yeah. all kidding aside, if Retegi just gets in on the cross or, or, or makes himself available to Lautaro, boom, it's in the back of the net. He also like, plays in a, a 3-5-2 at Tigre with partnering Colidio up top. So he does have yep. experience it's with more of a three five one one, but yeah, it's still very similar. Right, but it, it, again, there's going to be similarities in uh, what he's going to be asked to do in terms of combining with the shadow striker um, or another forward. There, I think the question with him is, what if Icardi wasn't an asshole? You know, do you get what I think? Is that is that what it is? Um, but remains to be seen. The kid can score goals and. Uh, We'll see if we can scrounge the money to even come up with a uh, an option like that. I would, next... I, would, I would take him. I know other people are going to disagree, I but I would take him. I would take him too. For a fourth option, I would absolutely take him. He would be sitting behind Turam, Lukaku, and Lautaro. So all the people that are pissed off, like he wouldn't be your first option anyway. You're you're talking about a poacher coming off the bench when our options were Correa, who was a ballerina, <laughs> and Jekyll, who's 38 years old. Okay, so... Yeah, that's an upgrade. Um, all right, let's talk about another player who I can't possibly imagine that we can afford, but for some reason was linked with us for a long time. Again, links have sort of died down for strikers, so it's slim pickings here. But curious, um, Foladin Balogun scored a ton of goals this year. He's an American, which uh, well, he's you know he's recently American, I guess you could recently, say. Recently, yeah. Um, which for uh, brand growth, I guess, is a consideration for players these days. You can see it nah, now I'm with good. Milan and Pulisic. But Balogun sounds like a, a nay for you. Scored a lot of goals last year. Scored a lot. Scored a lot of goals. Also missed a lot of opportunities. And for a club that, you know, that is um, <laughs> strapped for cash to go ahead and spend 40 million on a guy who's potentially going to be a backup i just don't see it you know yeah. and i hate i hate that i'm going to share this i hate it just because i know how this little rat is going to respond sean balogun had an xg of like 28.4 and i think he only scored 21 goals mm. that's not something you want to see from <laughs> from a striker man no like, sir you know, you you normally want to see an XG of 16 and 21 goals. You know, like that's yeah, that's what you want. Um, so yeah, Balogun, nice little player. I mean, but I just don't see him being uh, the the type of profile that would fit this club. I don't see him fitting in even at that price range. I don't see. Listen, I'm very anti strikers from the French league just because some of the goalkeeping and defending there is so atrocious. That these they guys just, just they just fell out of the top five in the UEFA. Yeah, league they're, they're seventh. They're seventh right now. It's Belgium just so, took their spot. Belgium took their spot. The Dutch are ahead of them. It's it is it is bad. Like some people like this guy Openda. I watched his name. goals. 
Yeah, I watched his goals. Poacher, uh, not even a, not even a poacher. Like, if if he if there were, if you or I were goalkeepers, you could probably take six or seven of his goals off the board. Like it was just so shot right at them, letting it go through their hands, through their like opening up their legs, like wide open, like like they're filming a porno. I I just don't I don't get it. I don't get how goalkeepers can play like that in the French league. Yeah. I'm very anti any forward from 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 the French league. Yeah, John, John, we... Jonathan David, Openda, Balogun, <sighs> um, even even when Lacazette was scoring, like the only go- striker who I actually saw being good was Benzema when he was at Lyon, and I wanted Inter to I get know. him in like 2009. So my yeah, with Balogun, it seems more of a commercial opportunity than an actual sporting opportunity. Yeah. Um, and for me, that's why it would be uh, a nay. But also, you know, we said, you know, when we're talking about yay or nay, the requirements, um, cost has to be a factor. And there's no way that you're getting this guy for cheap after the season that he just had. So pass for both of us. And we come to the last one of the day. Um, I have a soft spot for this player. I think he has a ton of potential. I think he needs to be in the Italian league um, to get his confidence back after a tough stay at West Ham. We've seen uh-huh. all sorts of all sorts of clubs linked to this player. Gianluca Scamacca, former Sassuolo player, uh, has killed us on a couple of occasions, killed Milan before. You know, sort of that bad boy vibe that Balotelli gave off. Um, we know his father is, is a psycho. But um, potent- sporting potential, sporting potential with Lautaro, Lukaku, and Turam, if he lives up to 70% of what he is, but do you those think he's forwards... A fourth, do you think he's a fourth option, though? Like I, I See, like I would only want him if he's coming in to be second or third. Like If you tell me Lukaku's not coming and John Luke Scammers can come in, <laughs> yeah, I'd be, I'd be all for that. I, I'm a big Skamaka fan, too. Like... I, I think that that guy's got loads of potential. Could just be, I mean, handed I think, of a left foot. Hand. I think with yeah, I think him with Lautaro. I mean, you could literally account for 50, 60 goals in my opinion between the two of them. Like that's that's how much potential. That's if he has his head on straight, of course, and he and he plays to his actual potential. But yeah, no, I, I love Skamaka. I mean, it looks like Roma's trying to finagle or work out a way to get players out and get him in but how you know i know i don't know but you know what name we no one's brought up and it's like if we're talking about lukaku right why aren't we just paying the 20 million dollar release clause for paulo dibala i know um like we're not paying it because we don't have the money to pay it that's the first thing and the second thing is <laughs> It we don't almost, have the, we don't the money to pay for <laughs> Lukaku. My, so. my sense, my sense with Dybala, because it does seem like such a no-brainer. My sense is that we may have burned a bridge by stringing him along for so long last summer, saying that you know we could we could get it done, um, and then eventually choosing to go the Lukaku route. Um, I I don't think that Dybala. I don't think that any footballer would take that well. Like, oh, you're our top option. You're our top option. And then, you know, the opportunity comes to bring back uh, Lukaku and you go that route. Uh, he ends up getting a, you know, a, a lesser deal at Roma. I don't know if 
if Inter is um, we did just see him partying with Correa and Lautaro at, at Correa's wedding, so mm-hmm. you know I'm sure he wouldn't mind playing with uh, his friends. But yeah, yeah, twenty million. Why hasn't anyone in the Premier League paid the twelve million <laughs> that it costs to bring him in? <laughs> oh, like, I mean, if yo, if I'm, if I'm, I don't know, uh, Arsenal, kind of Arsenal, yeah, bro. Can you imagine Arsenal? Him and Gab Jesus combining up front. for sure. Sock laying off balls to Saka. I mean, bro, you throw him on the right wing too, and have him like just you know use his left foot, cr- cut yeah. in, get the ball to him, go over to Martinelli or whoever. I mean, I don't think Martin. I think Martinez is a little overrated, but he, he's a decent little player. I mean, he feels bro, like such like, an Arsenal player to me, bro. There's so many guys. I, I just don't think he wants to leave Italy to be honest, yeah. and I think that's why nobody's even even come calling for that. Like, I mean, let's be honest. Who wants to go live in in England? Nobody. Yeah, and also I know it's London, don't... but. Yeah, they probably don't want an injury-prone player from the Italian league. Yeah, especially since it's a, it's so you know, it's it's definitely more intense than the Serie A. It's more, yeah, it's more physical. I, I don't even know if I want to say that because Serie A is very physical as well. Yeah, no, I wouldn't say phys- I just say more intense as in like there's constantly going like there's no slow it's playing. It's a less and, tactical and slow yeah. build up. It's a yeah. lot more just boom boom like go 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 yeah. 120 yeah. miles an hour the whole time. Yeah. Where he might he might want to dwell on the ball a little bit to let play unfold, but yeah, um, if we had money, we'd be talking about a lot of different names. <laughs> we'd be talking about a lot of different names. Um, but that brings our incoming yay or nay segment to a close. Here we've talked about a lot today. We talked about what we've seen from Inter strategy um, so far this window. We've talked about players that have left and are close to leaving. We've talked about players that we'd like to see come in. Um, yeah, I, I know that there's a lot of shit talking about Marotta. What I will say as sort of my parting uh, message here, I'm not going to judge until the end of the summer. I need to see what the team looks like next year, because if it does have, mm. see, I'm already Samar- t- like July 13th, I think preseason starts. Uh, I'm going to be judging who's there by July 13th. Because that's going to dictate really how you're able to implement your squad, how you're able to line up, what you're able to do, what's lacking, what's missed. Like, you, you better start bringing some players in. Yeah, yeah. We have a hole. At, we have a hole at every layer of the team. We have holes in midfield. We have holes at wing back. We have holes for the forwards, and we have holes in the defense. And we could potentially have multiple holes at goal at goalkeeping. So, um. Yeah, but I'm gonna I'm gonna reserve judgment until we see it play out, mostly because I can't do two more months of pulling my hair out because uh, I don't have much of it left. So that's where we are at. Any parting words? Maybe some encouragement for the Inter fans. Tell us how big you think Samarzic would be for the future of this team. Give the give the fans something hopeful to to end on. He's Rafinha right now with Wesley Schneider potential. How about that? Sign me left, up. Left footed, left footed Schneider. Sign um, me up. This would actually allow me to put to rest my Gino Infantino prop if we got some archage. So because you would have a left, I would have my left footed te- technician. Yeah, right. Exactly. So give it, give it to me. Um, the whole of their Twitter when they hear this is going to be all over. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to be yeah, I'm going to be dragged if he doesn't turn into that. So um but yeah, no, listen, I'm I'm glad we got to do this and get back here after a, a nice little hiatus. 
Um, I'm glad we were able to, you know, do this to honor your nonna. I'm sorry again for your loss. I know we didn't really get to to talk much with that, but I can't imagine how that feels. Um, <laughs> especially her being such a big Indianista. That's that's huge. So again, sorry yeah, for man. you and your family. And uh, yeah, I mean, let's let's try to just keep this keep this going though to to honor her and and, and kind of you know have her living on. Absolutely. Luckily, what, we it, have... what, what was uh, what was nonna's name? Maria Caizzone, Sicilian woman. Little, I mean, she was the the picture of what you would expect a nonna to look like. A little Italian woman sewing her her own dresses. That's that's what you get. So um, yeah, she was a huge Inter fan, and uh, we're gonna keep this rolling. And um, you know, hopefully, we'll have some good news that uh, maybe she'll be doing some deals up there in heaven, sending some emails, letting some people know. Don't let some people know. Yeah, <laughs> letting some people know the deal. All right, guys, in the words of the great Roberto Scarpini, we're so happy to be back. Forza ragazzi, forza ragazzi, forza ragazzi. <laughs>